Hello guys and welcome to the Peaks and Valleys podcast. On this podcast, we talk coffee, culture, and mental health. I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle Ridgely. What's up guys? My name is Kyle. So glad you're joining us and I hope you enjoy this episode. What is up, Peaks and Valleys fam? And welcome to another episode of the Peaks and Valleys podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins. Welcome back. And a big welcome back from and to my co-host, the one and only Kyle Ridgely. What's up? Today on the podcast, we have a very special guest for you guys. Um, but before we get into that, just want to say we're so excited to finally be back with you guys. Um, a lot of life has been happening, some transitions where we've had to take a little bit of a hiatus from recording. Um, we also went on vacation, which was incredible. Where did we go, Kyle? To Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Just just some some time for just some soul rest, some mental rest, and just enjoy the scenery. It was beautiful. It was so good for my soul, and I'm sure Kyle could say the same. Kyle, how are you doing, man? You know, I'm doing good. It's been a, you know, whirlwind of a year. A lot of changes, a lot really quickly. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's been a lot. So, but we're here and we're doing it. And we're back. We're back. We're so excited about that. Um, so with all that, um, just a little bit of a background on how I know Shelby, and then I'll let her really take the reins and introduce herself. Um, there's a guy that me and Kyle went to, um, undergrad with named John Teal, pastor of church in Jacksonville. John saw what I was doing with Peaks and Valleys here in North Carolina, and he reached out to me. He said, hey, I, I have somebody that um, works with our students at our church, and she is working on launching a very similar mental health nonprofit here, here in Jacksonville. want to connect you guys, and so he connected us. Um, me, me and Shelby finally got connected. Very aligned, very like-minded in what our goals are and what we want to um, accomplish Um with our um, individual organization. So we decided to invite her on to have a conversation um, about fostering a culture of permission um, in the conversation of mental health and, and the stigmas that come along um, with that and really how uh, to, to break down the stigmas and start this conversation. So we're super, super, super excited yeah, about absolutely. it. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. First off, I'm very honored. Um, I'm Shelby Cruz. I just graduated in April with my bachelor's in psychology. And very shortly after, I felt God lay on my heart to start a nonprofit organization to help people that can't afford counseling uh, get the help that they need. Um, and on top of that, just spreading awareness. Uh, with Tread and Trample, the organization, we host walks and the proceeds from donations and pledges go towards that 
fund to help people through counseling. But throughout that, we share the story of people that have overcome already uh, whatever mental illness they face. They get to share their story with the platform. And um, yeah, we just want to, my goal with Tread and Trample is just, I feel like Jesus is so in love with his people that he's raising up people like you guys and like me to help people that are hurting because he still sees the hurt, I believe. Um, So yeah, that's our goal is to just one month, one year, 10 years down the road for mental health to be less of a epidemic and less of a problem for our generation and the generations that come next. Awesome. I, I, I love that. Um, and, and just it, it makes me think of the idea of just, just fighting for a world where people are just free, you know, where people are free from free, free to receive help. Um, and then just, just free from just the things that weigh us down. Um, because we have such a culture where it's normalized to talk about these things and people are getting help and people are becoming healthy because it's, it's just a norm, um, you know, which, which kind of revolves around the conversation we're having tonight. I love that. Yeah. Um, how did you get, um, on the idea of, of doing walks? Like as your, I guess kind of your, your focal point of, you know, the way you guys move, you know, as an organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, Back in the beginning of this year, I went through my own mental health sort of crisis. And while I was doing that, I was actually training to hike in Colorado. We were going to hike hike Pikes Peak. Uh, so I was in the process of getting healthy. All the while, my counselor's telling me, hey, whatever you do, whether it's uh, you get on medication, whether you don't, you're going to have to fight for being healthy. Um, you're going to have to eat right. You're going to have to train. You're going to have to exercise, cardio aerobic exercise. So, uh, I was just walking a lot. She, she always told me, Hey, get outside and walk. So there were some days I couldn't walk more than 10 minutes. And then that started to get easier and easier. I was actually, when the idea of tread and trample came to my mind, I was on a 13, 14 mile hike training for Colorado. And one of the verses I felt God give me when I was going through it was Romans 16 20, which is the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. That's part of it. Uh, so I was just like, God, I've gone through this for a reason. Like, I'm not just going to say that I went through that for the enemy's glory. Like I want to help people. How do I use this newfound love of hiking and walking to glorify you and advance the kingdom and stomp on mental health or mental illness. And so yeah, I was like, how about we start walks? And I thought of fun runs and other walks that I'd seen before that raise money. And I was like, okay, let's just bundle all this together. And it's going to get people outside. It's going to keep people healthy that uh, can't get there on their own. It's going to be a community. But also there's biblical basis of, I just like the idea of kind of laughing at the enemy using Romans sixteen twenty of like, hey, we're going to stomp on you. So yeah. <laughs> even if the people that walk with us aren't Christians, that's my heart. And it is, Hey, you messed with me and you're messing with my friends and my family. So, Hey, I'm taking this truth and I'm going to walk it out. Yeah. I, I love that. That is, that's awesome. I, I love the the story behind that. Um, that's incredible. Before we jump into the episode, because at peaks and valleys, one of the one of the things that we use to bring people together 
is around a great cup of coffee. Um, we love coffee at Peaks and Valleys. We love talking about coffee. And a common question we ask most of our, our guests, just kind of a fun, um, you know, starting out question. What What is your favorite coffee or brew method, Shelby? Okay. Uh, so I am a Starbucks fan. I know that makes me sound basic. But no. uh, Dopio or a triple espresso. I have trained myself to love espresso. So now coffee seems weak to me and my caffeine tolerance is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but I love espresso with cinnamon. I love cinnamon in literally anything. So cinnamon coffee. And right now Starbucks has the pumpkin cream cold foam. So three pumps of brown sugar or cinnamon with three shots of espresso and cold foam is where I'm at. Mm, yes. I love, I, I do love their um, cold foam cold, cold brew. It is amazing. If you need like a pickup in the afternoon, I mean, th- those are like a go-to for sure. So, okay. yeah. I spend way too much time. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, today we're going to be talking about um, cultivating a culture of permission. And, and really what we mean by that is breaking down stigmas and, and giving people space and permission um, to how they feel and to receive help. Because me and Kyle, you, we, we've talked about this a lot about mental health. And I'm Shelby, I'm sure that, you know, you have seen this um, in Starting Tread and Trample and conversations around mental health. Um, especially in the church for a long time, it's, I feel like either been very over spiritualized or seen as like humanistic or worldly, you know, to go, go to counseling or to get on medicine, you know, what have you. Um, and so we want to talk in this episode about how do we cultivate a culture of permission? People having permission, again, to feel how they feel. People having permission to go to counseling, to, to, to receive the help. And so that, that's really what um, this episode's about. So diving in um, just head first, our, our first really point that we're going to start out on is why don't we have a culture of permission? You know, why, why don't we have space for people to feel how they, how they feel, not being okay mentally, having the permission to right. go and receive help, go to counseling, get on medicine, stuff like that. And one thing that we talked about, Kyle, with this was just the stigma around mental health. What is, Shelby, just in, in your wading through these waters of, of mental health and starting an organization around mental health and especially being uh, a person that follows Jesus, what kind of stigmas have you personally run into that you've had to combat or um, kind of push against? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's just a really big, and it's nobody's fault. Um, it's just there's a big misunderstanding, especially among the church, of what mental illness is, especially if you haven't ever walked through it. And I even know I'm guilty of pre season of 
difficult mental illness, I was clueless to how to help too. I even apologized to my sister because she walked through a season of anxiety. And after I'd gotten better, I was like, I'm sorry. Like I did it all Hmm. wrong. Um, And I think that's what it is, is there's just, we don't ask enough questions and we don't listen enough. Like the Bible tells us, you know, uh, be quick to listen, slow to speak. And I think that we try to get this really beautifully eloquent, way of putting mental illness but mental illness is just really ugly and when someone's going through it the last thing they really want to hear is hey if you just read your bible more or have you tried praying harder or um you know speak with your pastor or get in a prayer group there must be something that you're doing wrong and when it's already a struggle to read your bible to begin with and you think that oh it's me i'm i'm doing something wrong uh and then it's just, I think stigma goes hand in hand with, hand with shame. And that's really, that's been the issue since the garden is when we messed up, it wasn't a, I did wrong. It's I am wrong. And so whether it's your mental illness is a product of things that you've walked through. And I believe that that is something like addiction is a mental illness is classified as that. And that could be something that, yeah, your actions caused you to be this way. Or if it isn't, if you just you know, have a genetic predisposition to these things, regardless, Jesus wants to rescue you out of it. Um, And just the stigma and shame surrounding that and the enemy convincing us that we're alone. Um, I don't know if any of this is making sense. That's just how I felt. Like nobody understood. I I just kept Hmm. saying like, you don't get it. Hmm. Um, So just trying as hard as we can in the church to be the listening ears as Jesus listened and cared and showed so much compassion on people that he even, he couldn't, you know, he wasn't a part of certain cultures, but he still listened and cared. Yeah, that that's, that's good. And I, I think a lot of what you, you brought up will tie really well into, um, you know, breaking down stigmas. But one, one, one thing that I, that I, I thought of when, when you said, if you just read your, your Bible more, you know, or if you just pray hard enough or you just trust in Jesus, right? You know, when it comes to the conversation of mental health as a Jesus follower, one thing that I've that I've had to come to grips with and learn in my life, um, because I used to have that 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 mindset of I'm not praying hard enough. I'm not trusting Jesus enough. And mm-hmm. one thing that I've had to come to learn is the Bible is our final authority and Jesus is our final authority, but that's not our only authority. In other words, Mm -hmm. I can go to counseling. I can seek out help. You know, just, just like if, if I broke my arm, I'm going to go to the doctor. I'm not going to sit around and wait for healing to come. I'm, I'm going to go get that looked at and fixed, you know, in the same way with, with mental health, in a lot of ways, our, our brain becomes broken and we need a professional yeah. to diagnose it. And, to, and so, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know, I, I feel like you, you used a good word to misunderstand, you know, people would just misunderstand. Like, I, I feel like they think that the brain can't be broken just mm-hmm. like you break your arm, but it absolutely can. Right. You know, and so that that's just one thing that I've had to learn in this conversation is helping people understand that 
yes, I still love Jesus. And yes, these other people in my life that are hurting still love Jesus. But Jesus isn't a fix-all all the time. Mm-hmm. He does bring healing, but we, we, we can utilize other avenues for healing. Um, Jesus works through those two. So, yeah. And, and if you right. see through um, the story of Jesus and the gospel, um, when it comes to healing, healing, he didn't always heal everyone. And the healing that did happen didn't always happen the same way. So when we look at those kind of things in, in scripture, we also see um, in Timothy advocation for getting medical help, getting medical treatment, like going and going to a, uh, to a doctor. Um, the Paul prescription was drink wine for your stomach because at that time that, that was what the, the remedy was for a stomach illness was wine. And so when we look at healing, um, a lot of times we don't see that there, um, and within scripture, not everyone always was healed. I mean, you look at uh, the story of Paul, the thorn in my side. We don't know what the thorn in his side was, but uh, it obviously gave him some some problems, some discomfort, and um, that wasn't healed. That wasn't taken away. So just acknowledging that uh, there is a physical element to living in this world. Um, we are spiritual beings, and we also are physical beings. And so we live in this tension where sometimes the body breaks down. Sometimes things don't always work like they should work or the way we think they should work. And so um, acknowledging that first and foremost of healing is just acknowledging that it's not it, it's not always that simple. You know, it's not always that simple. Yeah. Yeah, that's what my counselor told me a lot. She was... Because I actually, I had to start medication. Mm. Um, it just got really bad and I was doing all the right things. And she was just like, sometimes you just need this to get a clear mind enough to make those decisions to, you know, eat well, to think mm. better, to, to be able to exercise. Because like I said, like I couldn't even, I couldn't do anything. Like I couldn't get outside to exercise to mm. feel better. And I was just like, well, if I start medication, I feel like I've failed. Mm. Um, mm. I'm not trusting God. You know, what are people going to think when they find out uh, I'm going to be a bad Christian? And she kind of was just like, you know, people that are diabetics, they take insulin and no one, no one bats mm-hmm. an eye. We, we thank Jesus for the medical advancements to give us this, this, you know, life-saving mm-hmm. intervention mm-hmm. that helps the pancreas work. Like we don't think anything of it. We're like, oh yes, take your insulin. It'd be, it'd be crazy if we went to a diabetic and said, you know what? I think that you should stop taking Mm -hmm. your insulin Mm -hmm. and we're going to pray this thing off. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was just like, that's where your brain is. She said, your, your brain is so chemically not right right now Mm -hmm. that it might need this. And you can, Jesus can deliver you through this method as well. Like we're not going to steal any of the glory from him. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. just might be the way he wants to heal you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, amen to that. Mm-hmm. There's common grace through those things. I think that um, we overlook those things a lot of times, like modern medicine. I mean, God created human beings mm-hmm. to be able to think and and reason and uh, work through logical steps. And from that, we make insulin or life-saving treatments. I think that right. we have to acknowledge that there is some common grace in those things, you know? So, mm-hmm. Well, since we talked about you know, stigmas, why do, why we don't have a culture of permission. I think we, we got a pretty good foundation and, and idea here. Let's talk about breaking down stigmas. What, what things can, can we do or 
you know, you as a listener, what what kind of things um, can you do to help graciously break down stigmas in your life and in the, in the people that are around you, people that you see that are suffering? How do we break down stigmas surrounding mental health? How do we encourage people to say, you have permission to feel the feelings that you're feeling. You have permission to not be okay mentally where you are, be depressed, be anxious, but there are solutions, you know, there's, there's the counseling, there's, there's these resources in our community that you can utilize. And the first point that I really want to kind of start us off with in breaking down stigmas and Kyle actually, when we were talking about this, Kyle's the one that actually brought this up was normalizing normalizing the human experience. Mm -hmm. And I I, I love the way that you put this, Kyle. Commonality breeds empathy. Mm -hmm. Realizing that we're all human Mm -hmm. and even reflecting on the times that we've been through suffering. Mm -hmm. And when we see somebody else, giving them the space to Mm -hmm. feel, giving them the space to seek out what whatever they they need to get through this season really want to kind of kind of expound on that Kyle what are what are times that or ways rather that that we can we can breathe this commonality yeah and and normalizing this human experience um well first of all I mean we're all human so we live in a world that isn't quite made for us um quite uh when we talk about systems and uh the stigmas and the disparities um that that make life really hard and in general life is already hard just living life is a struggle but all those things added on top of that make our lives even more hard um and so when we think about the human experience there is a a level of empathy that comes from understanding that, hey, I might not have been through your situation, but hey, I felt depressed. I felt low. I felt like I needed to be scraped off of the floor. I felt like I needed a hand to get up. Um, I have felt uh, angry. I have felt um, sad or irritated or confused even. And so just, just understanding those commonalities within the human experience really brings that 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 commonality that all humans have on this planet is that we're going to struggle. We're going to suffer. There's going to be a lot of things that we go through in life that don't make sense, that are confusing, uh, where we just raise our hands and say, hey, I, I don't know. And, you know, that's we have to give that permission for people to be in the space of I don't know. I, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know if I can even take the next step to make that journey. But the beauty of, of, of the, the groups of people that are around us, whether it's a faith-based community, um, whether it's friends around us, having that support structure in your life to say, hey, that sounds really hard. And, and um, just acknowledging that what you're going through, that, that, that has to be rough. How can I support you in this season? What can I do in your, right now that can help you and support you in practical ways. Um, so yeah, I think that's a mm-hmm. what I see when I think about the the commonalities and the the human experience and yeah. being able to empathize with people. Yeah, 
That's good. And Shelby, your your story that you were that you told about, you know, walking through your struggle and you just you said you just wanted people to understand, right? And I, I think this is a big way that we break down stigmas and you know, we just we just work on helping each other understand, you know, bringing that commonality, normalizing uh, what Kyle said before that we are not only spiritual be- beings, but we live in physical bodies. Our brains become broken a lot of the times and, and we need outside intervention. And just the, the, the way that your counselor put that to you, we're not going to take the glory away from Jesus. We're going to say that Jesus works through these things. Um, I, I love the fact that you, your counselor framed it that way for you. And I think that's a that's a good way to help to help break down these stigmas is to, to frame it to say, you know, we're because I'm going to counseling, because I'm, you know, getting on medicine, et cetera. This doesn't take the glory away from Jesus. This this actually reveals his glory even more because he's he's working through human interventions. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that reveals his glory even more. Mm-hmm. Before we move on, Shelby, what are what are any thoughts you have about breaking down stigmas, normalizing the human experience, mm-hmm. kind of breeding this this commonality of just being human, of being physical, biological yeah. beings? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a really good way to put it. Uh, just recognizing that I think also, too, it's no one's better than anybody else. Um, and I think, you know, the spirit of religiosity kind of tilts us that way at points. Um, but like what you were saying, like, hey, we're all human, whether it's your version of tough or my version, it's it was tough in my way of experiencing it. So not trying to um, show up anybody. I think that there's a really big problem in especially on social media and places like that, mental illness is sometimes like an aesthetic to people, Mm. you know, and it's like, oh, if I'm more depressed than this person, it makes me look cooler or, you know, it gives me this quirk. Mm. And so I think sometimes it's kind of like, oh, well, you went through that, but I went through this. And it, I don't think that it should be a competition. Um, And I think that's just like what you were saying is just asking people, hey, how can I be here for you right now? Um, and I've had to catch myself doing that too, cause I'm a fixer. And so I want to just fix things how I think that they should be fixed, mm-hmm. but then pausing and saying, okay, I've never walked through what you've walked through, but I can see that it's hurting you. Mm-hmm. How, what do you need? Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll do that for you. Mm-hmm. Like what, how can I help? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just brings me back to, you know, that verse of weep with the weeping and, you know, dance with the dancing, rejoice with the joy rejoicing. Um, I feel like that's what jesus did um and that's what i think we're called to do too is it it doesn't matter what they're feeling i need to feel it with them Mm -hmm. and through that way we can show the love of jesus yeah that's that's good that's good so talking about all that and taking all that why do why don't we have a culture of permission we talked about stigmas and then um really laying a foundation of breaking down stigmas, normalizing feelings on the commonality of being human mm-hmm. and going through suffering. How the heck do we co- foster a culture of permission? 
with so many stigmas that we've talked about, like, how do we foster that culture is the question that we ask. I mean, one thing that that I can really, something that helps me is to really take stock of, and this actually, this this was something that helped me understand other people's suffering in my life, people that were close to me, people that that needed just that space to feel, to receive that outside help, to go to counseling, to own the depression, um, was just taking stock of my own moments in my own life where I was depressed, where I didn't want to live, where those moments where I was in immense suffering. And that really helped me give other people the space to to feel, to be depressed, to yeah. not want to live, etc. I, I don't know. I, I just feel like that just is a is a one how do how do you get people to think that way though? Mm-hmm. Is the question that I always ask myself. Mm-hmm. You know, how how do you again, how do you foster this culture? How do mm-hmm. you get people to think that way? Yeah. You know? And I think it comes to really and honestly sharing your stories and experiences, being vulnerable and sharing with others that, hey, I've been in this situation before and this was really hard. This is how um, this is how I walked through it or this is what uh, was helpful in my struggle and things like that. So just being willing to also be able to share your struggles openly with others really fosters this mm-hmm. almost a breaking down of these stigmatic walls is that, hey, I'm going to be vulnerable enough to share with someone else what I have been through. Um, I think that breeds that culture of vulnerability. It, it, it gives people permission to already be vulnerable with you or someone else. Um, continually having conversations and using words and language that foster this permission culture. Um, when we were talking about stigma, I mean, other stigmas that surround mental health is, is mental health diagnoses um, that could be varied from ADHD to schizophrenia to bipolar. There, there's a lot of misconceptions about what that means for a regular person who may not even know, but they hear uh, kind of what the cultural norms of those are, uh, of those particular diagnoses. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they kind of distance themselves from those people because they, there's fear surrounded by this diagnosis. So in the same token, I think being able to foster this culture of being able to share experiences breeds that, 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 that culture, that, that culture of permission around other people, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think if I had to say two things, um, kind of what we talked about earlier is just just understanding and educating Mm. yourself Mm. on sort of like what you were saying there's so much stigma around certain mental illnesses and some of it is the farthest Mm. thing from Mm. the truth and I'm having to watch myself too as I begin to lead dread and trample because I want to I don't want to be um advancing the problem that I'm trying Mm. to eradicate Mm. (laughs) and so I'll have to catch myself like I'll say something like oh I'm just so OCD about this Mm. Mm. um and Mm. then I'll I'll apologize and I'm like no I'm not I'm an organized person um but I'm not saying that I'm that or you know I'm you're just so bipolar no you're moody Mm. um and there's irritability to it 
but bipolar it is a disorder. Mm. And so I think feeding into that, if, if I'm thinking, you know, someone that has OCD and they're washing their hands till they bleed and they can't leave their house and they're doing all these things. And I just so casually diagnose myself with it and it's not true. I think that if I was in that person's shoes, I wouldn't feel comfortable sharing because they wouldn't understand the magnitude of what I'm going mm. through. Mm. Um, so I think that'd be one thing is just watch what we say and just always try to be in that place of misunder like understanding and loving your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And I think too, like what you're saying, never shy away from what you've gone through. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I even learning that too. I was, I've been talking to people of just like depression is I'm having to learn what it is because I never walked through anything like this. And so before I had, I, I just thought, you know, you have depression one day you wake up and you're better. And you take your medication and you go to counseling and you do what you need to do. And one day you're who you were before. Mm. And I'm learning that that's not really it. Mm. Um, like there's a grief to it that I mm. didn't ever realize. And mm. so the enemy, I feel like wants us to suppress even, you know, like our humanity, let's suppress what we're feeling because if we never feel anything, we'll never be there for someone else. Mm. Um, sort of like how the Holy spirit comforts us so we can comfort someone else. Mm. So, how I'm looking at it is I have all these emotions and all this grief and all these things that I'm still having to work through, mm -hmm. but like taking that and taking notes and writing it down mm -hmm. and remembering what it all felt like. So I can take that and give someone permission to feel that mm -hmm. too. Like what you were saying, mm -hmm. um, you know, sharing, Hey, this is ugly and I got ugly and it's messy and this is gross. Like mental illness is not fun. Hmm. Um, but by me sharing that, like with tread and trample too, I would rather start a million conversations than raise a million dollars. Hmm. Like before hmm. even we started raising money, the DMS and stuff that I would get and no, no glory to me at all. Like God put this in my heart, but people that aren't Christians that I've lost connection with, and they would reach out and say like, Hey, just thank you for, you know, starting a conversation. Hmm. And I think that's what it is, is the enemy wants us to be alone uh, and the tactic of separation. If we never acknowledge first what we felt, then we'll never have the words to put it into conversation mm -hmm. and then we'll never have the courage to share it. So everyone stays in their own little island of hurt mm -hmm. and there's a, there's never any community. Mm -hmm. And so we all just, you know, we all just flounder right. in the enemy's victory of you know, what is mental illness and everything in between. Mm, yeah. I think also, and that's really good. That's uh, just a soundboard off of what you said. I think that also um, we have to understand that, like you said, you said that just because I went through all these things and, and I've grown and, and I'm a little bit better and I'm going through this grieving process, it's not always that simple. Basically saying that, uh, the line that I've always been taught is that recovery and wellness is not linear. It's not a, we usually think in a yeah. human terms where we're, we're here down here below and we're working up or we're going up the hill, but that's not the case with mental health. It's not a, or any type of recovery that you're going through. It's not going to be straight up and then I'm good. It's going to be a lot of backflips and loop-de-loops right. and back down and back up and and just giving just already using that language with people acknowledging that hey you know something happened or you know you screwed up what, whatever it may be mm -hmm. 
you, you know, we, we, we fell back down. We, we're starting back again. Just having that culture where we say, Hey, recovery is not linear. It's not this one size fits all right. model of here's all the little things you can do. And this is going to work for you. So I think another, another way we can actually breed that or foster that culture of permission is understanding that recovery and wellness is not linear. Yeah. It's not a linear, it's a journey, right. you know. That's really good. Yeah, that's really good. So the big, the big question, where do we go from here? Just talking about stigmas, breaking down stigmas, fostering a culture of permission. And I mean, just a lot of the stuff that Kyle, you and Shelby both have alluded to, just a culture of vulnerability, mm-hmm. being able to, to share your human experience and your story. Where do we go from here? Like how how do we move forward with there still being plenty of stigmas in front of us? Where do we go? What do we do? Mm-hmm. The first thing, the first thing that I that I want to say that I can think of, Shelby, you, you use the word educate yourself. Educate yourself on what is mm-hmm. mental illness. What what does it mean to be mentally healthy? You know, what mm-hmm. organizations that are catered to mental health, research those organizations, look into those organizations. I think that's, I think education and intellectualism in this conversation really is something that will help break down and really help people understand that this doesn't have to be, as Jesus followers, this doesn't have to be an over-spiritualized conversation. You know, right. these people are, are are doing real work locally in your community. Educate yourself on the diagnoses. Understand what ADHD is. Understand what an eating disorder is. Understand what depression is and how it works in your brain, like all those kind of things. So I think, you know, what what you alluded to, Shelby, education, I think that's a big key of where do we go from here. Helping educate other people, encouraging other people to, to educate themselves, mm-hmm. seeking out what resources are in your community, mm-hmm. catering specifically to mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another, another side to that same coin is also recognizing the disparities that are in the mental health, just in the mental health field, within the access to mental health. Um, just acknowledging that one, it's, it's sometimes it can be hard to access. So if you live in a rural area, sometimes those resources could be very, very sparse, very, um, may not have enough providers within the area. So how do, how do you do that? How do you understand the accessibility part? Knowing the, the providers that actually do virtual, if, if there's a long distance travel, traveling can be, can be a disparity within itself, having to travel a long way to see a provider. Also, um, affordability, having the resources, the money or the funds or insurance or what have you to pay for these mental health services. And that could be varied. Um, There's like your organization, Shelby, one of your main goals is to be able to help individuals afford mental health services, um, whatever that may be, whether it's counseling, other, other forms of services. Um, and the last one is acceptability, and that is seeing a provider that accepts you for you 
um, that that has your same worldview in mind, that can be very hard and challenging for some people feeling and feeling like they're in a safe space to share with this uh, particular caregiver and things of that nature. So I think it's kind of the both sides of the same coin. There is just yeah. understanding. There's also there also are disparities within this level of, right. of care and things like that. So yeah, Shelby, where do we go from here? <laughs> In your in your in your thoughts, yeah. you know everything that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, what's next steps that people can take? Yeah, I second everything that you guys have said, and that's I think very important. And I think that it's very important to to don't think too far ahead because mm. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I think too far ahead with train and trample. I'm like, there's just so many people that need help. There's mm. so much work to be done. Um, but then, you know, you think to the life of Jesus and one sheep got away and he stopped everything to get that one back. Um, so having that mindset of, okay, who can I help today? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, education, there's so many resources with the internet these days. There's, um, what is the word? Like studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes if I'm looking for something or research on something, I literally just Google the topic and then go to a website that just ends in edu mm-hmm. or gov. You know, I don't want to over, cause I feel like I get so scared sometimes it, it just seems daunting. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's very accessible education sources. And sometimes the most accessible education source is just someone's experience, just mm-hmm. listening to your mm-hmm. neighbor, whether that be a family member or a peer, like that experience is valid. And so educate yourself just on those things. Um, But also, too, there is disparity in who can afford Hmm. mental uh, intervention, whether that be with location or socioeconomic status. Um, So, I mean, if you're if you're passionate about mental health, look around in in your community and see what Hmm. it needs. Like where I live, there's no mental intervention for 40 minutes to an hour if someone wanted to see someone in person uh and then i think of you know if someone can't afford luckily COVID has kind of created this telehealth universe Hmm. that i think could be very helpful um but just i don't think that health and mental clarity only belongs to the rich Hmm. Hmm. so that's really the heart of tread and trample is god died for everybody so uh healing is for everybody And so we're going to bring that to whoever needs it. So I think if you're passionate about mental health, like I said, look around and like get busy, you know, Um, I know that sounds harsh, but even if busy is just a busy listener, just seeing that there's so much to be done Mm -hmm. um, and that you can play a part in it. And I, I think too, going back to Jonathan, how you were saying, sometimes Jesus uses human measures to bring himself glory. And I think that's really cool to think about. Like, I absolutely believe Jesus is capable of healing people in the moment, but how gracious is he to allow people like us three to, you know, bring his healing to earth and looking at it that way, especially if you're a Christian and even if you're not, and you're just passionate about helping the people around you, like just the honor it is to help people in their, like their darkest, hardest days. Hmm. Like, that just like makes me so excited. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Shelby, that was some great, great conversation. I hope whoever's listening has 
heard some great points of helping the people around you, starting this conversation. If you if you you're walking along and you you come up against stigmas in this conversation, I hope this episode helps you start the conversation of breaking down those stigmas with the people in your life. That that's our heart here. That's our heart for this conversation is really to to push the mental health conversation forward to help people become free to start this journey of better mental health to help you guys um, walk alongside other people. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Shelby, where can people find you? Where can people find Tread and Trample, um, social media? Do you have a, uh, a monthly newsletter? Give us all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, geographically, we're in Northeast Florida. But we are also on Instagram and Facebook, uh, just simply under Tread and Trample. Uh, also, Tread and Trample at gmail.com. You can email us and uh, you can join. We have a monthly newsletter that comes out uh, the 18th of every month. And you can join that by our link tree on our Instagram account. Or just email me at treadandtrample at gmail.com and I can get you all set up and good to go. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Shelby. Um, And if you guys uh, didn't catch all that or had a hard time catching it, it'll all be in the show notes. Um, Shelby's um, places where you can connect with her and Shutter and Trample, Instagram, all that fun stuff, it'll be in the show notes. So you can guys easily um, connect with her. Um, Again, thank you so much, Shelby, for coming on and having this conversation. Yeah, thank you, Shelby. Thank you guys so much. So much fun. It was such an honor. Yeah. Thank you guys. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that is it for today's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share this episode with a friend, and we will catch you guys on the next episode.